Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Monday, April 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas is playing for the NCAA Championship tonight against North Carolina, and we've got your pregame coverage right here. Beat writers Jesse Newell and columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell define the big picture for Kansas, seeking its fourth NCAA title in 10 championship game appearances. Bill Self has been open about how much he believes his program needs to capture another national championship to accurately reflect Kansas's achievements during his tenure. After a break, we look at the game itself and identify the North Carolina matchups that could give KU trouble. Okay, let's get started breaking down the 83rd NCAA title game, Kansas versus North Carolina. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are going to talk all about the title game, the matchups, uh, big picture, everything with the coverage team uh, in New Orleans. And that includes Jesse Newell, who has jumped on the show. Jesse, great to see you. And I imagine it is... um, not as loud right now as it was last night when we were talking. Yeah, great crowd last night. Almost 72,000 uh, filled. It, you know, the Final Fours, you know this, Blair, you've been to so many of them. They're not, always, they're not always a great atmosphere, especially in these football stadiums. But last night with the four Blue Bloods and it being sold out, uh, it, it was really good. It was good, even though some of these people are a little bit further away from the court than you would normally have in a basketball-type arena. So, yeah, it was great, and uh, I guess if you see it here above me and around me, the uh, the road ends here. So the road will end here tomorrow. Either Kansas or North Carolina will be named the 2022 or will earn the 2022 national championship. And so um, interested to see how that plays out and interested to see how KU comes out after a really impressive win yesterday. It'll be national championship game number 83 in NCAA tournament history, even though this is the 84th year um, of college basketball in the you know, in the tournament era, of course, there was no national championship in 2020 because of the pandemic. Nobody knows that more than the Kansas Jayhawks, who ended that season ranked number one um, and couldn't go out and, and play like everybody else, couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. So one of the reasons, a big reason why the atmosphere was as great as it was on Saturday was the Duke-North Carolina game, which semifinal, of course, the Tar Heels win it by four. And it was an incredible game, 18 lead changes, 12 ties, and lived up to the lived up to the hype and the billing. And, of course, it was Coach Mike Krzyzewski's final game on the Duke sideline after 42 years and five national championships. And uh, it was absolutely the headliner game between the two. But I'm wondering if, um, if, if maybe we'll lose a little atmosphere on Monday night because there is no Duke and Mike Krzyzewski playing in the final game. I definitely think so. I, I've heard that ticket prices have gone from very, very, very high yesterday to very, very, very low uh, for this game. Now Kansas versus North Carolina. And it makes sense. You know, you have four fan bases and now two of them are trying to get rid of whatever tickets that they had left. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a definite 
potential thing out there. But uh, for a game or for a day, it was a packed atmosphere. And I'm sure some Kansas fans will probably be looking into flights or driving and figuring out, hey, um, for 26 bucks, even if I'm far away, is it worth getting down there to try to make a memory down here in New Orleans? So I'm sure Kansas fans will will make their way here. And North Carolina has a big contingency as well. So I'm, I'm sure that uh, they'll find some fans here along the way as well. We're joined by Vahe Gregorian. And on one of my trips to the Big Easy, I can remember uh, stopping in a place called the Voodoo Cafe. I'm sure it's not there anymore on, on French Quarter. But, um, but I thought of it because Kansas has not had the greatest of luck in New Orleans when it comes to um, the Final Four. I think they're, they're is it 0 for 3 in terms of coming out with a national championship with losses in two of the of the title games in 2003 to Syracuse and Carmelo Anthony and Gary McNamara, uh, mostly. And then, of course, in 2012 against the Anthony Davis Kentucky team, which was just a phenomenal team that was, you know, that was going to beat Kansas nine out of ten times, I suspect. Uh, but uh, but Kansas did a great job getting to the national championship game that year. Does, does this one feel different, uh, Vahe, this, this Kansas trip to the title game, than, than maybe a previous one in New Orleans? It, it, it does, Blair. Can you hear me okay, first of all? Yeah, we got um, you, buddy. Good, good. Um, yeah, it does feel different to me, and uh, I, I, I'm I, trying to identify why. I think it has something to do with um, just the way Kansas has kind of demonstrably gotten better, not just one to get here, but demonstrably gotten better and more versatile, uh, clearly pretty cohesive, um, it, all through not just the tournament, but even in the week or so before that. Um, and I, I just feel like... It's, it's an eye test thing with, with how they're going. Even the body language yesterday, we were talking about this a little bit last night, and that could change tomorrow. I mean, they, they might not be as loose tomorrow, um, and it and we'll see. But I, I, I just have a, a, a pretty good feeling about them here uh, tomorrow night. Um, by the way, when you mentioned the voodoo house, you're right. You should be thinking about the voodoo, but I'm surprised you didn't bring up uh, one of one of your old haunts, the uh, absinthe house. Um, the and, absinthe house. And, and the absence of absence, uh, a term I've been waiting to use for a long time. <laughs> you got to get the Cesarac if you go to the absinthe house. So I already, already got the place, but the drink picked out for you. And Cafe Du Monde. I hope somebody while they're there has hit Cafe Du Monde. We got to the Legacy Cafe, which is not a knockoff of Cafe Du Monde, but we do know that it had beignets and there was not a 45-minute line. So right now it's as close as it's gotten for me. I don't know about Jesse. I, I've been pretty lame, uh, you know, to, uh, you're right with so many people in town. It was sort of hard yesterday to be like, oh, I want to go hit up the places in New Orleans because about 70,000 of your closest friends are deciding to hit up the places in New Orleans. So uh, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, it'll be a little bit better time to do that. But uh, as of right now, it's been mostly focused on the work and uh, kind of, you know, nose to the grindstone until we can take a little breather here. See a 45 minute wait for a uh, powdered uh flour, fried flour, and chicory coffee. I, I, I do it. I've done it before. So <laughs> why not? Let's look at the, let's look at a big picture question for, for Kansas here. Vahe, you had the tweet about an hour ago. I assume it came from Bill Self's uh, media availability. I, 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 and it, he's re- basically repeating something he said earlier this week in Lawrence. Uh, and I'll paraphrase here, but you know, for a program that's had as much success as KU has had in the Bill Self era, which is 19 seasons, one NCAA title is not enough. Um, you know, that's a that's a pretty bold statement from him. He doesn't have to say that. I think 
you know, a lot of people believe it and, and you can write about it and talk about it, but I don't think a coach has to admit that. I'm impressed that he, uh, that he feels this way and, and is willing to put that idea out there. Yeah, same here for sure. And I, th- I think I think Jesse would would uh, agree with this. Although uh, Jesse has a, a mind of his own, um, I, but I, I thought Bill really started that last week uh, in Lawrence, and 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 uh, I thought I was I found that all the more uh, impressive than than even this because that was before you know they'd won the national semifinal. So I think it was really a a, a pretty a pretty telling thing about his mindset. Um, and isn't that the name of a, a James Bond movie? One is not enough. Uh, I, I, something like that. So he's got a little daring do with this too. It's true. Yeah, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, I was going to say this, but I mean, I think this is what's fascinating about Bill self in this scenario. Like if, if you wanted to nitpick the one thing that he hasn't done. As- All right. J- Jesse's frozen. So we'll, uh, we'll get back to him because we absolutely need to hear about this from, from Jesse. Um, but I, I will continue what I think he was saying. The one thing that Bill Self hasn't done in, uh, you know, in the, the only kind of thing that's missing from the resume is a multiple national championship. Is that right, Jesse? And the Wi-Fi continues to vex us in, um, in New Orleans. But that's, but, but yeah, look, the um, 19 years, number one seed. I want to say this was the ninth or 10th time he's, uh, Kansas has been a number one seed under, uh, under Bill Self, uh, there, there was a one national. There's one national championship as a one seed to show for it, and uh, four Final Fours. I look. I think those numbers are, you know, first of all, the, the number one seeds are phenomenal. Uh, the number nobody has more in in the Bill Self era than Kansas, and um, you know, if you get to a Final Four every four or five years, I think you're, you know, you're kind of on, uh, you're on track for for that. But it is it is the uh, the number of national championships that uh, for a program that's had as much success everywhere else uh, that it's lacking for Kansas. Yeah, Blair, that's that's true. And look, it's kind of an interesting way to look at this, I guess. But the ratio of total wins in program history to national championships that's that's not comparable to uh, Kentucky's eight national championships. And and you know, I guess UCLA would have a pretty high ratio with eleven. And and. And we think about this all the time. And you, I, I'd urge our our audience to look up your story from last week about 2022. I mean, 1922. Um, for the context of that, I mean, I think we can only say in the NCAA tournament era, do we do we really look at these as consensus and and uh, the, the 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 real uh, definition? So, uh, Kansas, for all it's done, and it's done a lot, uh, is deficient in that area that's a little strong way to put it but you know it's two national titles since 1952 and I, I don't mean to put all that on bill self but but i think he's right to make that point and i i uh i appreciate that he's doing it even though jesse you know bill self has won one and roy williams didn't win one in lawrence in 15 years and four final four appearances yeah that's true sorry i was saying such important things that uh that i got cut off but uh yeah i mean bill self basically he went straight at his deficiency or his biggest one that his critics would have right now, because now he's made final fours. He used to be the best coach that didn't make the final four, you know, it used to be uh, some of the tournament things he didn't do. And now it would be national championships. And the, the funny thing about this is how this all turns out is that he would be right on pace here. If he got his second title this year, um, you know, he's up there a little bit in age just before 60, but 
uh, you know, you could easily run off a, a span where you can win a couple more and all of a sudden he would be uh, in the upper echelon of the coaches all time and being able to pull this off, especially when we, uh, when, when we talk about, you know, NCAA tournament teams and uh, how they've been able to perform. So uh, yeah, it's fascinating for him because potentially, uh, you know, this could be the, the start of something for him uh, and kind of change the standard around very quickly. Jesse, did you just ask me uh, how, how old certain coaches were when they won their second NCAA championship? I thought I heard that. So I'm here to provide it. Um, so if, if Kansas wins on Monday, um, Bill Self will win his second national championship at age 59. Dean Smith won his second national championship at age 62. Jim Calhoun won the second of his three NCAA titles at age 61. Roy Williams won his second NCAA title at age 58. Uh, John Wooden was 54 when he won the second of his 10 titles at UCLA. So, um, so let's, uh, on that historical note, let's take a break and hear from Patrick Mahomes and Community America. In KC, unbelievable things happen every day. Unbelievable. That's why Community America does unbelievable things, like share our profits with our members and invest millions into our community. Because when you believe in unbelievable, unbelievable things happen. Join us at communityamerica.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on SportsBeat Live, uh, Kansas Jayhawks edition with... Uh, with Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and now joined by Sam McDowell. They're all at the Final Four in New Orleans. And, um, and Sam, we were, we were just kind of looking at the uh, at a big picture question about Kansas and, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, needing to win a national championship to, I don't know, justify is not the right word, but um, uh, to... to there have been, what, uh, Bill Self's 19 years. I think it's nine number one seeds, one national championship. Um, uh, uh, for Bill Self to be called a multiple uh, national championship coach would, I don't know, it, it would, the, the numbers would line up a little better for him. Yeah, I'm sure this was mentioned, uh, Blair, but 
you know, we, we looked up just how many coaches have won multiple national championships. And there's only one other active coach on that list now that Coach K's career ended last night. And that's Jay Wright. Of course, Rick Pitino had one of his stripped because of um, part of the penalties at Louisville. Um, but yeah, it would put it put Bill Self in a, an exclusive club that, frankly, he, he, he should have been in a while ago. You know, a lot of these players were asked today during these breakout sessions if it's been too long since KU's won a national title. And most of them don't seem to care about KU's past. They care about KU's future tomorrow night. Um, but I think for this program to be where we've all considered it for a long time, yeah, the, the coach here has had too many roles at the dice table for it to only come up seven once. So um, I, I think that absolutely it uh, – Two is just so significantly different to me than one. This is Kansas' 10th appearance in the national championship game, North Carolina's 12th in program history. If North Carolina pulls the upset, Kansas is a four-point favorite, and and the Tar Heels end up winning on Monday night, KU will have seven losses in the national championship game, and that'll break a tie with Duke and Michigan for the most losses in an NCAA title game. It's going to be a tough one to have. Well, the other thing with that is that uh, if, if I – to paraphrase Bill Self, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think this would be the first eight seed to win since Villanova in 1985, which – as a you know, we should remember it was not just one of the great upsets in NCAA history. It was considered one of the great upsets in sports history. I, I don't quite think this has that heft to it, that feel to it, but but we probably ought to think about that um, along with the the uh, other point you made as, as a, uh, a kind of dreadful consequence of a loss if they, if they, uh, they, they don't win. And Villanova had to shoot 78% from the floor that night to pull off that, that, that upset of Georgetown. So, um, okay, so let's talk about what, what has to happen for Kansas to win the game. And, uh, of course, the Jayhawks handled Villanova, uh, beat them by 16 in the, you know, in the semifinal, in the undercard game, if you will. Uh, Kansas played great, just fantastic. Uh, 54% from three. David McCormick, one of his best games in a Kansas uniform. Ochai Abaji back, shooting the ball uh, with great accuracy, hit his first six three-pointers. Just crazy good stuff. From KU, and I thought their defense early set the tone uh, against Villanova. North Carolina, different animal, though, isn't it, Jesse? Than um, than than Villanova. Tar Heels like to get out. They like to run. They play a free flowing offense under Hubert Davis in his first year. By the way, as a, as a as a head coach after replacing Roy Williams, um, as you mentioned last night, Kansas zero points in transition. I'm betting that will not be the case on Monday night, but. Is, is this a game where you know Kansas is going to have to outscore North Carolina? To, you know, is this going to be a high-scoring game? Yeah, you'd think so. And real quick, uh, kudos to to Vahe. He scrambled out of there that practice. He's practicing, and they they won't allow us in there. So uh, we we scrambled. We did scramble mode. We're we're out of there. We're we're different places now. So um, you know, don't want to have any uh, secrets uh, that we can potentially be in on uh, with the Kansas practice and the red team. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's just interesting with. Carolina, I'm kind of looking at their numbers, and obviously things have changed without Roy Williams there. You know, they don't play two bigs as much. Uh, they don't do kind of the old Roy Williams offense, the secondary break, all those things that Roy Williams did at Kansas and had success for 30 years doing. But it's it's kind of like, you know, you can take the Roy Williams out of Carolina, but you can't take the, the other way. You can take Carolina. Anyway, well, whichever way it is, 
they rebound the heck out of the basketball. I mean, this is going to be a game where Kansas has gotten up the glass because we know the transition game for Kansas can be really deadly, but it's not deadly if you don't get the defensive rebound. And so for Kansas, that's going to be really important. I mean, Carolina still rebounds like Roy Williams is the coach, yet they do some other things, spreading the floor, guys like Brady Manick shooting threes with complete freedom um, that they wouldn't have done under Roy Williams previously. So it's been, over the course of the last few weeks, a nice blend. Again, that wasn't something you would have said earlier in the season because Carolina was a bubble team and really struggled earlier on in the season. But, uh, yeah, they've come together at the right time. Defensively, I just – you know, they're, they're not much, honestly. I mean, they, they are a good defensive team, but they don't force any turnovers, and they don't foul you. They're, they're a little bit like Villanova in that they just kind of try to stay between you and the basket and hope that you miss some shots. So I think, again, like we always say with Kansas, nerves is a big deal. KU did not look nervous against Villanova. You could tell that in that game. They were making shots. They were playing freely. They got off that 10-0 start and kind of coasted from there. I think it's important in this one because if KU's turnover count is high, North Carolina will not be doing anything to do that. That'll be all on Kansas. So they have to avoid turnovers. It has to be a low turnover game for Kansas. They got to get the shot volume up. And then, like I said, they got to rebound the heck out of the basketball because if they do that, they can run. And if they run, then this will be a really wild, entertaining game somewhere probably in the 80s uh, for Kansas, at least, when it comes to a national title game and something that people will enjoy watching. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the most interesting matchup to me is um, what KU is going to do with, with Manic. Because, like Jesse mentioned, I mean, he's a he's a six ten guy that has a really quick release, and um, even more like he, he doesn't come down with the ball before it goes up with it. So you know his release is high, um, and it starts high. So you'd like to defend a guy like that with with size, but you know Mitch Lightfoot actually let out during his breakout session that he's not going to be defending Manic tomorrow. Um, so obviously KU's going to defend him with their four. Well, usually their four is part of their their switches. And if you continue to switch with your four, in this case, you know, Jalen Wilson, um, that potentially could get, you know, a 6-1 Dewan Harris guarding Brady Manick. And when that release is that high, that's a tough matchup for him. Um, so I'm curious how they're going to defend him. Um, but vice versa with, with Caleb Love, the kid from St. Louis, CBC. I think he's clearly been their best player in this tournament. And if there's a guy that you don't want Dewan Harris to switch off of the way we saw them do McGusty in the second half against Miami. I wonder if that's part of the equation. I would say maybe that's more something they could adapt to if need be. Um, but those are a couple interesting matchups. I think the, the big man of course is going to be an interesting matchup because they're, they're both gigantic human beings in the middle that, you know, are not the, 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 the spread options that we saw like with Villanova, for example, with their five shooting threes, um, so there's just matchups within the matchup that I think, particularly on Kansas defensive side, they're, they're going to be interesting to see exactly how they open up. A lot of good stuff there, Sam. Um, Brady Manick, of course, is a matchup problem for everyone, the way he can step out and knock those threes. And, of course, it's the second time in three games that KU will be playing a former Oklahoma Sooner in the NCAA tournament. McGusty uh, lit him up in the first half for, for Miami. Um, you know, Manic had some good games and some average games against the Jayhawks as as a Sooner. You know, we've gone this far. Caleb, and another word on Caleb Love, takes all the big shots for the Tar Heels. Hit the dagger three-pointer with 28 seconds to go last night that gave North Carolina a four-point lead um, against Duke. And, of course, Tar Heels end up winning by four. And he had the two big three-pointers against UCLA. People don't remember – Carolina was down in that game, down, um, you know, most of the second half. And, and, and Love was the one that tied the game with a three and then put him ahead with a three. 
So he is a big time shooter, loves big time moments for the Tar Heels. But we haven't talked about Armando Baycott. That guy is a beast, an absolute beast. Um, how many 20 something rebounds each of his last two games? I mean, he's that's Nick Collison like numbers for um, for Armando Baycock. And, um, uh, you know, David McCormick spent the last six minutes of the first half on Saturday on the bench with his second foul. And that second foul was, it wasn't a lady foul, but kind of an out of position foul. I think that's absolutely essential that he does not get into foul trouble um, against, against the Tar Heels. Jesse, what, what does it come down to matchup wise? And, and, um, and, and when both teams are at their best, isn't this a KU win? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like to kind of go big picture on all this stuff, which is, you know, we can we can break matchups down to death, and Bill Self is one of the best in the game at adjusting in game if his team needs something like that. But the bottom line is, Bill Self wants to play his seven best guys. He wants to play starting five plus Remy Martin plus Mitch Lightfoot and break glass in case of emergency. Everybody else. So you look at the Vegas line. I think it's either KU by four or four and a half. You're looking at uh, potentially seventy percent, somewhere sixty-five, seventy percent chance for KU to win this game. So, um, I mean, Kansas. Going into this, you have to love it. I mean, it's the national championship game. You know, you expect to face a tough team, but the fact that Kansas is facing a team that, you know, um, at least Vegas would tell us two out of three games they would win this one. I mean, you don't get better odds than that. And uh, not only that, they've been a four-point favorite in every single game this tournament, at least. So uh, this, we talked about on Selection Sunday. We can continue talking about it. And nobody's going to put the asterisk up on the banner for Kansas, but um, they've played well. They've earned what they've gotten, but they've also had a really, really, really nice road to the final four here and they've gotten a really nice road once they've gotten here. So they deserve credit for playing well, but uh, they've taken advantage of, of what's been in front of them too. And facing an eight seed, like you said, Blair, and, and facing North Carolina in this particular spot, North Carolina is playing great, but this is not typically what you face in the national title game. So KU has to feel great about the potential opportunity they have in front of them coming up tomorrow night. I'll, I'll take us out on this final thought. Um, Kansas you know, basically looks to stay even keel um, the way it played the second half against Miami and then both halves against Villanova. Continue to do that and things should go okay for KU. I wonder about North Carolina being able to get up emotionally for this game. Of course, it's a national championship game, right? It's uh, uh, it's, it's the biggest game of the season. You're going to play in front of 70,000 people. You win, you stand on the podium and you hear one shining moment. But they just came off the, you know, the victory that'll it's got to be one of the top five victories in program history, beating Mike Krzyzewski in his final game. And um, I just I think that gauging the Tar Heels emotions in the first part of Monday night will uh, will be interesting to see. All right. Um, let's let's uh, wrap it up. Let's thank our uh, our sponsor, Community America. Uh, appreciate all the hard work by Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, Gary Bedore, Taylor Eldridge in New Orleans. And we will talk to you again on Monday night after the national championship game. That'll do it for today. Thanks to the production team of Monty Davis, Todd Feedback, and Randy Mason, along with Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell for their insights. Follow the coverage of Kansas and the NCAA tournament on KansasCity.com, and we'll be at this again on Tuesday discussing the championship game on Sportsbeat KC.